Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh, my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range ADC, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. Reboots and remakes. Whether you love them or loathe them, they're a fact of life in entertainment. If there's a dollar to be made and enough juice to squeeze out of a property the studio or network already owns the rights to, you best believe they'll dress that sucker up and shove it out in the street corner to see what kind of return they can get. Which brings us to one of our favorite punching bags, the Vaporware-esque Battlestar Galactica reboot from Sam Esmail. Since we've been waiting years to get any sort of news at all, your humble, idiotic servants are taking matters into their own hands and fantasy booking how we'd handle a BSG reboot in this episode 149, Beyond the Red Line. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who once drove his Honda Fit out of a drainage tube so he could feel what a Viper launch was like. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and is three years into his parole with the Chicago Water District. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations. I am doing quite well. <laughs> oh, during, during our off time, I, I, during my off time, I augmented my voice to be two octaves deeper than that. He had an Isaac A's voice transplant. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's amazing what you can do with a 3D printer and a, you know, a YouTube video and a scalpel. Dig it! <sighs> yeah. Don't worry, that didn't peak levels and almost deafen me or anything. Well, I, I can't tell where my levels are at, so we're we're, we're flying solo right now. Ladies oh, and good. It's, it's so much for instrument flying. Well, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our first ever episode in video. And if it's, this video didn't work, then I'll just delete this part right away. Or maybe I'll leave it and just to prove how idiotic we are. Um, I am finally out of the basement. I, just, <laughs> I was going to say, are there going to be any random spider fallings uh, while you're recording tonight, you know, sir? I'm pretty sure I vacuumed pretty well in here, All so right. Right. I think I'm safe. I see a and, door behind you, so if you think I'm going to like say a word if Kalen sneaks up on you, oh no, I've I've got a little spite. I've got my uh, I've got my monitor here. I'm definitely going to know if she's sneaking up this time. Uh, yeah, right. Right. I thought about putting up a trip wire as well, but that just <laughs> seemed kind of cruel. <laughs> So this is going to be interesting, folks. Uh, this is actually the kickoff of season six. We are this many years old. <laughs> and, um, we just figured that since we're starting off in video, it made, a, it made sense that this would be the beginning of a new season. Beginning of a new year, new year, same old us. Really, A new era. A new era, yes. Of idiocy. Which is... With video. <laughs> God-awfully frightening, quite honestly. <laughs> Yeah, we get further and further down the tunnel of idiocy. Uh, but we will be talking about the BSG reboot. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, in fact, this is probably the most you are going to hear about this BSG reboot anytime soon. So we're going to we're gonna take the rug right out from Mr. Esmail. I'd say this and, is uh, therapy for us in some way because we're sick and tired of hearing about what could be and we want well, to talk about what should be. So 
I look at this more as a reverse jinx. I don't want this show to happen under any circumstances. <laughs> so I'm hoping by us talking about it, it means uh, it won't happen. That's my that's my I that's see. my hope and fervent oh, prayer. That's there all. There you go. There you go. Good on you, sir. In the words of LA Knight, good on you. I didn't know that was one of his catchphrases. Yeah, he says I, it once in a while. I must have missed that one. Yeah. And I'm probably going to adjust my mic about 18 different times tonight. Hang on a second. Yeah, that's because you're picky like that. Yeah, I Got to have the precise whiny. vertical and horizontal from the mouth region <sighs> to make I'm sure just... he can uh, come across smooth and silky. <sighs> you, see, you see what I have to put up with here, folks? You see what I have to put up with? <laughs> The man's voice drops. You it's know. been like four weeks since we've, uh, four or five weeks, maybe six weeks since we've recorded. So it's, uh, you know, a lot of. I knew, I knew we were in for trouble as soon as that second testicle dropped and he. Oh, <laughs> God. God almighty. Jeez Louise. And there we go, folks. Heck, <laughs> right off the college. rails. He used to talk like this. Anyways. Um... <laughs> Anyways, but before we dig into the main subject at hand. Uh, we are going to dig into our little thing we like to call the Weekend Geek. This is bits and baubles and little little bits of uh, internet uh, driftwood, I guess you could say. Not quite worthy of their own show, but worthy of mention. And that is handled by the man they call Tim. Sir, what do we have for the Weekend Geek? Well, it has been a while. And so uh, I thought it was uh, appropriate to circle back to uh, a, a very popular segment, uh, one that Uncle Todd... Uh, you know, holds with bated breath to to hear about and and to experience, and that is tales from the fantasy gridiron. You know, if I knew this was coming, I would have just brought the bottle in. Uh, you know, as as we are uh, in football playoff season at the moment, uh, I thought it was uh, apropos to report back on my playoff uh, experience in uh, my fantasy league. Oh wait, is it over? It is over now. Oh, thank God. At it least is it's over. the last one. All right. It is. Well, I, I might do yeah, a retrospective uh, next episode. No, you won't, <laughs> sir. <laughs> no, you won't. Yeah, there's certain things Uncle Todd can live with, but that he cannot. I, that I he draw can. the line. <laughs> That's the red line we don't go beyond. That is, <laughs> that is right there. But uh, yeah, so uh, when we last left things, uh, I was in the semifinals. I had it, or, or quarterfinals. I advanced to the semifinals where I played. Uh, I was in uh, third place, taking on second place. So I was nine five and one, taking on ten and five team. Uh, I ended up losing that match by eleven points. So not was, quite what I hoped for. I was hoping for the finals to maximize the heartbreak. No, no. But and, I'll take it. <clears throat> It, and it was okay because I ended up losing to the team uh, who ended up winning our league uh, outright. He went to the finals, and he had a very strong outing there. So this um, is Tim right now wrapping himself in his security blanket like, at least I got beaten by the no, future. No, I'm, I'm giving credit where it is due. So good. Okay. Uh, my good friend Matt uh, from... Uh, sorry, th this I, I have multiple friends named Matt. One in New Hampshire, one out here in Illinois. This is the Illinois Matt. Uh, he... It's like Ocean's Eleven. You know my <laughs> business manager, Bernie. You know, <laughs> I thought your other business. You know, they're both named Bernie. <laughs> now, what Uncle Todd will will relish is when I went into the consolation bracket for third place. Uh, I ended up getting my clock clean two fifty six to one eighty five. Uh, Unfortunately, succumbed to a situation where most of my strong starters were benched by their respective teams. And so 
Oh, uh, that last weekend of the season yep. thing. Mm. Yeah. So I, I had a very rough uh, end, but ironically, it didn't really change a whole lot. I was already in fourth place going into the playoffs. I ended up in fourth place to finish the season. So uh, all that matters to me is that my record stood at nine, five and one, four games above where Uncle Todd or five games above, should I say, where Uncle Todd had predicted I would end up. And uh, so his his prediction did not lead to pain. Still, I gave up on the 500 thing. I was just hoping that you would lose and lose big in the playoffs. And I would say two playoff losses right in a row. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (sighs) Thank you, Fantasy Gods. This Uh, one is for you. So, yeah. So uh, wrap up the season, 9-5-1. and It was was a great campaign. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I look forward to next season. Where, <laughs> where Uncle Todd may join me? Maybe I convince him to join the race. This is what I again. love about fantasy football. All right, because I was in it for so long, and now being outside of it, it's. I, I imagine it's like you know, recovering alcoholics watching <laughs> drunk people going. Did I used to act like that? Did oh. I used to talk about the campaign like I like it was an actual team instead well, of a fake team that I put together? And and I think we need to share with with the people listening here that. You know, I I have been like for the last probably close to decade and a half now the commissioner of this league, taking it over from Uncle Todd. So yeah. he he had started the league. He got tired of being the commission. I took it over, and now I'm I'm like carrying the baton. But it's it's kind of like a curse in a way because it's like I just I I haven't thought about getting rid of it. But if I get rid of it, no one else is going to want it, and the, the league is going to die. So it's a it's a white elephant, sir. I uh, burdened you with it. You are burdened instead of burdened with great purpose. You're burdened with great idiocy. Well, I am. I am. <laughs> that that much is for certain. That much is for certain. <sighs> All right, well, that uh, wraps up our uh, 2023-2024 Fantasy Gridiron, or Tales from the Fantasy Gridiron. Thank God. Wait, huh? Who said that? Except for the retrospective next week. No. It'll be a nine-part. He's going to set it's like, nobody does it better. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. It's going to be like the Tony Stark montage at the beginning of Spider-Man No Way Home. Yep, yep. Uh, next article I have is a little different. Um, we, we don't do a lot of music oriented articles. We're, we're normally in the Star Wars, Marvel, sci-fi kind of realm when we do this and Hmm. catching up on all the things that are uh, going on in that space. But, uh, this was an article I came across from, uh, WMMR.com 93.3. Don't know where 93.3, but it's just 93.3 WMMR. Uh, but a story uh, that was written um, where uh, Getty Lee, uh, bassist from the band, formerly bassist from the band called Rush, uh, shared a, a touching story about Robert Plant, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, and it was uh, he's been going around doing a book tour. I'll, I'll talk some more about this in our uh, in another thing. Uh, but uh, when he was in uh, Los Angeles uh, and, and what he's been doing is basically doing kind of like a talking book tour where he. Uh, I, I attended the one in Chicago and uh, it's like, it's basically a two hour thing. And he, he's interviewed by a special guest host and, uh, talks about various, you know, various things. He, he does some, some readings from his book, uh, does a Q and a with the audience, um, and just a very, very down to earth guy. But he said, uh, that he and Robert Plant first met while the two, uh, were vacationing Morocco at the same time, uh, during, during the mid nineties, they met for dinner. They got along really well. And then as you do. 
Absolutely. And then in 98, uh, Plant reached out to uh, Rush's management to get in contact with Lee. Um, and it, it turns out, you know, Plant wanted to invite him to a, a show with uh, him and Jimmy Page in Toronto. And, uh, and it was interesting because uh, Lee was saying, you know, he, he told Plant that, you know, he didn't know if he'd be up for going to a gig because it was it was kind of shortly after Neil Peart, uh, their, their drummer, had lost uh, his wife, uh, and then prior to that, uh, less than a year prior to that had lost his daughter. So they, they were kind of in a period of mourning and, uh, and it also in a lot of ways, probably, you know, from their perspective met the end of the band because his peer needed, you know, to just kind of step away with, after kind of going through that kind of loss. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and plant, uh, and so Lee shares that, that plant said to him, um, he said, uh, and I quote, look, I've had, my own share of loss and you have to get on with your life and sooner is better than later. I want you to come down and call Alex and, and just come on down. And so, uh, so Lee said that he and Lifeson ended up taking up plan on his offer and that he and uh, Paige couldn't have been nicer to them. Um, and you know, so he's just sharing this nice story of, of, you know, a, 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 uh, a fellow, uh, rock legend, a fellow musician, um, you know, just kind of understanding where, where he was at and, and just trying to encourage him to kind of get, you know, back on the horse and back, you know, kind of into music, even though, you know, they were certainly processing a lot of things. And so, uh, so I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that was, you know, just, just in a time when we, we are bombarded with a lot of negative sort of stories. It's, it's very nice to, to see humanity play out in, in a positive way. And so uh, I just thought I would share that. Very nice. Yeah. So no, that's that. heartwarming even. It is. It is. I mean, it's it's no, you know, is Kang going to be the big bad? But it is, uh, you know, it oh. it is Getty Lee in the big bad book of base. So I'm I'm kind of done talking about Kang. Uh, gotta be Kang. No, no, it doesn't. You know, it, it doesn't. And our last one, which I've titled, "Hey MCU, where's Wide Vision at?" Uh, three years later, this is from our friends. Where, at- where in? The man they called him inadvertently attributed <laughs> blazing saddles and had no idea. I was like, it's even the right cadence, but oh gosh, if you know, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, tell us about White Vision. From our friends at ScreenRant.com, uh, wondering after three years, which by the way, it's been three years since WandaVision. Has it felt like three years since WandaVision? <sighs> Dude, I mean, we may be, we may, may be out of the, uh, the COVID you know, isolation bubble, but time just really doesn't have any the same meaning anymore, does it? It's, no, it there's still times when I'm like, oh, wow, that was interesting. That just happened. Oh, that was a year and a half ago. Well, yeah. what do I know? No, it, it's been a while, but, you know, there's been a lot in between there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're anxiously awaiting, uh, you, you know, Marvel has announced, uh, I think it's coming out this year that we will have uh, Agatha, Dar- I don't know if it's called Agatha Darkhold Diaries or something else. I thought it was called. No, Ag- I, it was going to be Coven of Chaos. Now it's Darkhold Diaries. Okay. And supposedly Aubrey Plaza, yes, has a has a rather significant part in this show. Which ah. Catherine Hahn and Aubrey Plaza together? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. I, 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 can we just have as many scenes of those two together, just chewing scenery together? I mean. I'm good with that for like eight, ten episodes. Sign me up. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So, so the, the article is asking the question, you know, where, where is the new version of Vision? Because we haven't seen him 
uh, since WandaVision. Um, there was an announced show called Vision Quest that was supposed to be in development at Marvel uh, back in October 2022. Oh, yeah. That clearly has not come to fruition. So, um, and, and that one, uh, it was expected that Paul Bettany would return as White Vision, leading the new character on a journey to rediscover his memories and his humanity following his death in Infinity War and corruption in WandaVision. So, um, it's unclear if uh, this will ever get picked up again. Um, there is a rumor that the series could, you know, st- you know, pick up steam and, and you know, premiere at some point in 2025, but that's a rumor. It has not been announced. Um, it's also, you know, likely as well that you know White Vision could make a appearance in one of the Avengers movies. You know, as as a you know kind of a probably do ex machina sort of, you know, plot device that can, you know, come in and magically save the heroes from whatever, you know, issue that they're dealing with, uh, probably due to Kang. Um whoever that might be now. Whoever that might be. Um but you it know also who I want to see is Kang. I mean if we're, if we're gonna recast Kang, Wanda Sykes, let's just go in a whole other direction with Kang. Let's let's make Kang just like a real like smart ass <laughs> Sassy, I just like over the top. Bringing the saints, having it like, and and let's just turn this whole thing on its head. Yep. You know, yeah. I don't know why I picked Wanda Sykes, but that just is a. It just it makes me, it just makes me giggle thinking about, like if you just went back and retrofitted her into like Quantum Mania. Yeah, yeah. Movie would get better by thirty percent easily. Just Actually, my opinion. My wife and I are watching. Uh, we're about to wrap up the the series Will and Grace, and uh, we're you know we're in the last s- season of it. And Wanda Sykes actually is in an episode or two. And yeah, oh, she, she is. She is hysterical. Oh, my oh God, good. she is hysterical. Yeah, um, I, I don't understand how Wanda Sykes did not have a bigger career. Yeah, I don't either. She at was a like, higher level. I mean, yeah. I'm sure she's. It seems like she's done well for herself in terms yeah. of because I mean, there's a whole lot of like comedians. Uh, you know, uh, musicians and things like that that have made really good careers from this themselves that you would never guess just because they're not like the the biggest thing because you only think you only hear about like the top five comedians in the world at any given moment if that. Uh, but it seems like she's done well for herself. But man, sh- everything I've seen her in every comedy special I've seen with her is just oh yeah. I'm like, how are you not huger? Yep. Oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, the other two vehicles we could see Vision return in is there's something called Armor Wars, which is supposed to be Don Cheadle's first appearance in the MCU since his controversial Skrull storyline in Secret Invasion, which I thought that was so that was going to be a TV show. Isn't it now so. a movie? Um, I it doesn't say in the article. It just it just references it. So I okay. had thought it was going to be a show as well. Okay. Uh, the other thing that he could pop into is um basically playing an important role uh i now i haven't seen the marvels yet but apparently there's a post-credit scene that provides the first kind of tease toward the formation of the young avengers and uh so they're theorizing here that you know vision could play an important role on the young avengers you know serving as like the the team mentor if you will the obi-wan kenobi of the group if you will Hmm. which would be kind of interesting so, uh, so yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, to me, I was telling uncle Todd this in our pre, pre, pre-production meeting earlier, but this is to me what I feel is the problem with phase four as compared to the first three phases is there's so much being introduced and then it's like, it just disappears. And there's so much stuff that that's been going on that it makes you wonder where is this vision during 
you know, the events of uh, the Eternals, during the events of, you know, uh, Doctor Strange and uh, I'm forgetting the rest of it, but but the latest Multiverse of Madness, Multiverse of Madness, you know, or other characters for that matter. I mean, heck, even with the uh, the Eternals, they're they're still the the celestial that had threatened to destroy Earth and will judge them and stuff like that. It's like, I, I don't know. There's all this stuff that's like open. Yeah, that needs to be closed, but I don't know how they're going to close it all because there's so many open threads right now, and I don't know the direction they're going. So, well, it's kind of the opposite problem that Star Wars has had, where yeah. you know we've taken them to task for not expanding the universe enough. Uh, Marvel has expanded their universe like you know, so much. kudzu or yeah. you know, dandelions, yeah. whatever you know, pick pick your weed of choice, yeah. uh, and there it's just spreading in every direction. Did you say weed? <laughs> Is that what you got going on in your uh, in your humidifier right now? I'm feeling a little funky. <laughs> <laughs> it might be more because the old Forester here, but you know. I know what what proof is that again? Uh, this is one fifteen, sir. Oh yeah, I, I, I keep forgetting that. That's like your your solution to solving any cold is just burn it out with a high proof. I, that's what I'm trying. I'm I'm just trying to burn it out, ladies and gentlemen. Just burn it out. Go and have the have a NyQuil chaser with that and see how it goes. I'm going to be taking that after we're done recording. And then waking up sometime around Thursday. We're recording on Monday, by the way. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, that dive into uh, geekdom. Uh, that, my friends, is the Week in Geek. Yes. Thank you very much, sir. And now we're going to get into the main topic at hand, which is... Oh, he's a brainchild of yours, sir, and and rightfully so. This 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 has been going on almost as long as this show for uh, far too long. Yeah, uh, the idea of when Peacock was going to launch it, the much ballyhooed centerpiece of the the new streaming service was this Battlestar Galactica reboot by Sam Esmail, Sam Mister Robot Esmail. Um, and this was going to be a huge thing, and then Peacock launched, and no Battlestar Galactica. Uh, some years later, still no Battlestar Galactica. Um, WWE has been absorbed into the Peacock fold, and still no Battlestar Galactica. You know what we said from day one when we heard this story? What? Yes, suspect. <laughs> oh, it's totally suspect. <laughs> it, it does seem like the very the very definition of a long con, quite honestly. They're here to four. <laughs> So this, uh, Tim, Tim sent me this article from themarysue.com. Um, Turned out to be clickbait, man. <laughs> oh, it totally is. So everything we know about the Battlestar Galactica reboot, uh, written by Shaban Ball, which is definitely one of the, the funnier names for a, uh, an AI program that I've seen. Um, this is totally just a comp, uh, like another rehash of the exact same three talking points that have been going along. There's one bit of variation. Um, so the, the all along, I from what I remember, and we would have to dig through the archives in order to find this, and let's face it, neither one of us is going to do that. Um, Sadly, but no. It sounded like originally the plan was to develop this show, and if I'm remembering correctly, which quite honestly... Um, you know, my memory is the only thing more suspect than this show. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea was that this was going to take place in the Ron Moore universe. See, which to me seemed very weird because 
Battlestar Galactica, the ship itself, was sto- was steered into the sun at the end of that show. So I'm like, okay, you're going to have a show called Battlestar Galactica. It's going to take place in the same universe, but yet it's not going to take place on the Battlestar Galactica. So it'd be like it'd be like doing Gilligan's Island, but yet you're in you know Tallahassee, Florida. Like, wh- huh? I'm sorry, where? I think the Macho um, Man was from there. <clears throat> oh yeah. Um. Anyways, so it's it was baffling. So in yeah. this article, it seems for, I think for the first time, if I'm remembering right, now they're saying that this is going to be a true reboot. The word is this is a true reboot. Reboot, except they still leave the door open unless it's a con- it's a continuation. I'm like, okay, because so then we know nothing. So we're kind of looking at this from two different directions. Um, whether it's a reboot or whether this is going to take place in the same universe as the Ron Moore yep. reimagining from 2003 through 2009. Yes. So um, we've decided to divide and conquer with this just because of the way you know, this worked out. You uh, say decided like we had a plan. This this was basically formulated like, you know, five minutes before we went live. You know? Dude, shut up. They don't need to know that. <laughs> This Work how, with me here. This is how the sausage is made, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, good lord! I could go for some kielbasa right now, some brown mustard. Amen. Oh. Amen. I can feel my cholesterol raise about a hundred points just thinking about it. Think so, anyways, uh, pitter patter. I know. And well, don't, let's don't say that, sir. It's okay for me to say that. It's not okay for you to say hey, that. By the way, over a month, zero episodes, ladies and gentlemen. I am good to go. Hang on a minute. Wait, a, you had that ablation longer than a month ago. So what happened? <laughs> so the the ablation actually it takes about ninety days for it to really set in because it is a process of the heart kind of scarring in order to block those like misfires that are going on, uh-huh. and so that scarring takes time. And so I was still experiencing. It was much less, and they were much shorter episodes. Um. You know, maybe like once every couple of days or something. Like I, I went from going like I had like three episodes, four episodes a day, down to like you know one episode every couple of days or maybe one or two a week, and then somewhere around like late December, it was like just before Christmas, all of a sudden it just like stopped. Merry fracking Christmas to you, sir. Indeed, and it is it has been that way ever since. I have not had a single problem. I have not had an episode. I am feeling good and. Just being thankful that I don't have to deal with the craziness of my heart doing its own thing. So, amen to that. Thank you, thank you. But uh, I, I, I take us off topic. So uh, back to well, the topic. That's the that's the name of the show here. So, anyways, uh, the the thought process here is to divide and conquer. So uh, for me, I, this really did not make much sense. This is the great thing about having video now. Why are you even hiding? Like they can still see you. <laughs> I'm trying to not make a lot of noise. <laughs> oh, that or people think he's got an air sickness bag down by his desk. No, I just didn't want to go, you know, like blow my nose into the mic. I just moved the mic away out of politeness for our listeners. They don't need to hear that. It's all right, dude. Puke and rally. Puke and rally. Oh, um, you're familiar with that. You're, you're familiar from, with that from your time at U, uh, UConn and UNH, right? Uh, indeed. <laughs> so anyways, um, Tim uh, came up with a whole bunch of ideas, or at least he came up with a few ideas as far as if it's uh, within the the uh, the 
Ron Moore universe. I what makes most sense to me is that this is a this is a reboot. There is no continuation at all. So um, that'll be kind of my uh, yarn to spin there. And Tim is going to tackle nice. the continuation. A little bit of fantasy booking. I don't think we've uh, really done that before, have we? Not really, because we haven't had five years to think about most things. We hear about it, and then it's out. It's about how long it takes for us to formulate an idea. Five years. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. Can't even argue with you. Well, it is. All right, is. so should we flip for uh, for who goes first, or do you want to defer to the second half? What do you want to do? Here? I'll, I'll, I'll defer to the second half. You 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 go first, sir. You you have a lot of thought down here on, on the reboot version of BSG. So what, what, what does this look like to you? What, what's the shape this is going to take? Are we going to have a uh, equally as, as impressive Adama as we had in the 2004 episode or series or what? Uh, so the shape this is taking to me, no matter what this ends up happening, is um, the shape is basically of an enema bag, uh, I think is how, <laughs> how this is looking. And I'm I'm being a little bit of a wise guy there, but also I mean you are going to have to find a way to purge the 2000 the Ron Moore show from people's minds. You and and that's the that's the thing that is really interesting to me about this exercise. Now, I will say I am very unfamiliar with the work of one Mr. Sam Esmail. Um, I did not watch Mr. Robot. I I haven't seen anything he's done except. Uh, the other night, I just so happened to be awake um, and uh, dealing with a little bit of insomnia. And I figured, you know what? I have seen enough, uh, you know, shtick about this Leave the World Behind movie uh, on Netflix. I'm going to give that a watch. And so this is the only thing that I've seen of of Mr. Esmail's filmography however i think it might be a decent indication in that it is not his own source material it's based on a novel and he wrote and directed the flick so i was like okay if there's a way that you can have someone who has and he and this is also recent so he obviously has enough clout to kind of do what he wants but he's working from source material so I figure it's kind of got to be a similar creative spot he's in with Peacock in terms of developing this. He's working with source material, but he also has a high degree of freedom to do what he wants and to really execute his vision. So watching that movie, it was actually pretty good. Um, it, not to spoil anything or, or, or to get too deeply into it, um, I'm not sure if some of the, the the camera movements and things that he was doing was basically to try and disorient you and to create as much tension as possible because that was the entire movie. Essentially, it was just building tension right from the the first minute of the movie was just building tension. Um, so I kind of wonder if we're going to see something like that. We're going to see rather than kind of the documentary style of uh, Ron Moore show if we're going maybe we'll see more of a thriller aspect of it you know which BSG Ron Moore's BSG ventured into that territory of a lot of tension at sometimes but I wonder if this is going to be lean much more into that makes me wonder that or if that's just the flick I don't know so in the, where I'm kind of going with this though is where the 2004 Ron Moore show really had to 
you know, the the reimagining because that was the first time we, I'd ever really heard that as opposed to a remake or a reboot. And I think it's apt. Uh, now I think it probably is overused, but um, they had to reimagine the source material in order to differentiate itself from the original. And the interesting thing here is when you do the math, it's not that dissimilar in terms of time period. It, can you fracking believe it's been 20 years since the miniseries and the premiere of season one of BSG? <sighs> I cannot. That's crazy, man. That is and, absolutely crazy. <clears throat> when the miniseries came out in 2003, it would have been 24 years. Jeez. You know, 24, 25 years. So, I mean, wow. give or take a few years, but we're still dealing with a fairly sizable chunk of time. But so there, he's going to have to try and differentiate from the the Ron Moore show more so than the original. So what I think he's going to have to do is he's going to have to go back to the original to grab source material from there and tweak that rather than trying to go back to the 2004 show. Um, so in other words, if Cylons look like humans, it's going to have to be for some other reason or he's going to have to handle it in a very different way. Um, not dealing with the monotheistic versus polytheistic overtones, etc. Um, that is that is kind of how it makes the most sense to me, if you're going to do this. And you're going to do it well. I'm assuming that he's trying to do this well and that this isn't some sort of you know long con money laundering scheme, which has been our <laughs> kind of our line of thinking this whole time. I'm going to go with an altruistic view that that isn't it. So, yeah, I, I, I have to agree that, that you've got to do something that that's different enough from the reimagining, right? Like you've got mm-hmm. to do something that is, you know, the, the Cylons being human was for the time, a, a great metaphor for events that were going on around us in, in, in our society, right? Yes. You know, we had nine eleven. we had a lot of terrorism going on that was not as, you know, clear, you know, good and evil or black and white as, as had been in the past. And so he, he, you know, so Ron Moore played on those themes and played on them brilliantly. Yeah. Um, you, you have to move away from that. You, you, you have to do something different. And, and, and in some ways, you know, whether it's a reboot or not a reboot, I, I think whoever tries to take this on and tries to do something different in a lot of ways is going to be kind of fighting an uphill battle because, I, you know, as we talked about, I, I love the fact that Ron Moore got into themes of religion, got into themes of what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be, you know, real and and, and, and all of that? Like, I forget exactly how uh, Six puts it in, in the, uh, you know, in, in the uh, oh, She asks, are you alive? Are yeah. You alive? Are, are you alive? Like, how, how do you know you're alive? You know, like, yeah. like, like that question. And. It, it was really interesting. You know, it, it kind of got you thinking about it a little bit because of the way we as humans, you know, can be and the way we, we you know, choose to live our lives. And so so I think, you know, you got to do something different from that. But it's not to say there isn't story to be told. It's just you, you've got to you've got to diverge away from that. Otherwise, you're going to be too derivative of, of what had been done before. True. Um, so I think my two big ideas here in terms of big shifts to get you to get away from the the Ron Moore reimagine reimagining is one uh go back to Baltar as a straight ahead bad guy just make him an out and out unredeeming heel um 
No more so, Mr. Nice Guys. Exactly. Um, so, if, I mean, for those of you keeping track at home, in the 2004 show, I mean, Baltar is, he's kind of a, a playboy. He's like Tony Stark, but kind of dumber um, in, in that he's ultra smart, but he is a sucker for women. And he is ultimately manipulated into the downfall of the 12 colonies. Yeah. Here, he 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 didn't un, in in this new one, and going back to who Baltar was in the in the original show, in the Glenn Larson show, he was just a bad guy. Like he sold out his his you know his counterparts in the human race to the Cylons. Um, go back to that. Make him an unrepentant bad guy. Like he didn't unwittingly sell out the colonies. He did it on purpose, and he was glad to do it. Um, the second idea would be the show is not goes back to kind of what the original show was it's the original timeline there's no earlier cylon war the ron moore show took place um after the cylon war so that was an interesting way to 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 make the show different immediately because now the cylons have been gone there's already been a war there's been this experience and now people are kind of lax like oh it's over now and nobody thinks about it anymore this has to take place, you know, back in the day. This is the origin story. This is how the Cylons came to be and how they overthrow the colonies. So then it's like, okay, what is the overarching theme here? Like, what is the, what's the kind of thing that you play on? And in the Ron Moore show, as you mentioned, there's a lot of post 9-11 imagery. There's a lot of that post 9-11 feel to the show. Um, and I think the gimme here is artificial intelligence, because that's that is a huge part of our society right now. And we're seeing more and more and more where AI is getting closer and closer to the things that we have seen and remember growing up in, you know, in sci fi movies and TV shows. So now we're getting to like that point. It's almost like having Star Trek now and, and seeing the, the communicators, you're like, oh, that's so quaint and old-fashioned. Like, my iPhone does what the what the, what the the Star Trek communicator and the tricorder and half of the computer does. All in my pocket. Um, but I think that's a way that you kind of establish a bit of a difference. So AI is really, and this goes into, this, into the Cylons, of, of the creation of the Cylons, and I think the the way that you go with through this is that Baltar is the genius visionary, you know, scientist, and he's developing this, you know, the most advanced AI anyone has ever seen. And then you have to have that inciting incident. You have to, and then something happens, you know, and take your pick of disasters here, whether it's an experiment going awry, it's, you know, some sort of AI that's supposed to be entrusting people that's been uber safe. And then all of a sudden it just goes awry and, you know, hundreds of people are dead or something whatever you pick take your pick and basically then the colonies ban further development of ai Uh, of course baltar doesn't like this and he continues his work in secret and basically the the entire first season would be building upon this and and would lead up to the cylons becoming sentient you have to let this go for a long period of time and really build the tension with this um now, the interesting thing here is, uh, both in Ron Moore and Larson's show, the OG show, 
it kind of starts with like, oh, and the and and people are living their lives, and all of a sudden, oh crap, we're getting killed, and the Cylons are invading, and they're they're nuking the planets, and and all of this. We got to get out of here. That's really at the beginning of both of those shows. Like that's like the setup of the entire, and then it's a chase essentially. So in order yeah. to have a slow burn <clears throat> and to get you through to that, you've got to have some sort of outside co- conflict. Um, and I don't think you want to introduce an alien race. You don't want to introduce like other worlds beyond the 12 colonies, because I think that can just get confusing. I think that it should be some sort of conflict within the colonies because it, it also raises the question of like, well, if there's no outer threat, um, and there's no conflict between the colonies because that was, you know, the the original show is very much a, you know, uh, kind of utopic society. And even in the Ron Moore show, like, yeah, there's some, you know, there's some kind of prejudices uh, between the colonies and stuff like that. But it, it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. It wasn't out and out fighting here. I think you which was one of the big questions of like, OK, well, then in the first place back in the day why would you have the battle stars anyways who are you fighting you know what are you defending yourself from so i think the idea is that you know basically the conflict to necessitate the need for battle stars in the first place is that there's been a series of wars and conflicts between colonies and that right now when the series starts it's kind of an uneasy piece like there's been alliances, there's been conflict, there's been wars fought between the different colonies. And so each colony has their own allotment of battle stars or, you know, ships that they're ready. But ultimately, right now, everything is OK for now. That sets up some conflict and you can use that maybe to, you know, to hide some of what Balter is doing, that he's starting to kind of sow dissension amongst the 12 colonies through what he's doing. Um, and that this is all going to lead up to, through an entire season, to, okay, and then here's the apocalypse. And the end of that first season is, okay, now Galactica has, has escaped. And that's, that's where you kick off the chase. So you put all that off in order to do kind of set that tone of like what in the hell is going on and, and uneasy tension and, and you, you kind of make you, you make it a slow burn through the whole first season. Um, the other thing you have to get into is characters because Ron Moore's show introduced a ton of characters uh, whereas the first Battlestar Galactica was a little bit thinner on regular characters. Um, and I loved Ron Moore's idea of having a ginormous cast. It was great. Um, however, they got exceedingly lucky with a lot of the day players that they had. Um, like, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. Played Saul Tai. I don't remember his name either. <clears throat> um, but, you know, like that. And, and there were several other, guy, other actors who were essentially day players. They found them in Canada where they were filming. and they Michael Hogan. Not- Michael Hogan, thank Michael you. Michael Hogan. The great Michael Hogan. Um, and they were not necessarily like, you know, brought in. They were just like, hey, we we got a guy who fits and they're cheap because we're already paying. It's a cast of thousands. Um, trying to get catch that lightning in a bottle is going to be difficult. Um, so you, you're probably going to try and make your cast a little bit leaner this time. 
and really focus on some of those main characters, I think. Um, and then work your secondary characters in. But I mean, uh, right right from the get-go, you have to bring back Adama, Apollo, Starbuck, Ty, and Baltar. Like, those are just kind of must-haves. You got to have the guy who's leading the ship. You got to have his second-in-command. You got to have the hotshot son. Uh, you got to have the son. Then you got to have the hotshot pilot. And then you got you to have your bad guy. Those are like the, the absolute essentials. And then you start getting into, again, you've we kind of forget, like, Boomer was a from the first series was pseudo main character. Like if you had an a, uh, like a tier one, he was like tier one a, you know, like not quite on the same level as Apollo and Starbuck, but he was right there before you got into some of the other characters. He, uh, Boomer and of course, Ron Moore's uh, show was much bigger, but, um, but then you have like Boomer, Athena, there's a Sheba. There's, there's a few other, I forgot that there was actually a Jolly, in the huh. original Glenn Larson, Sergeant Jolly, which I thought was kind of interesting. Interesting. Um, so, anyways, because uh, that was one of the that was one of the char- that was one of the pilots in the in the miniseries. Um, but, anyways, you there's there's a few that you have to bring back definitely, and those are going to be tough enough to cast. Like Lauren Green from you know the original Battlestar was was a huge get. I mean, that's that's like. It's it's the Obi Wan role, like you know, Star Wars is not Star Wars if you don't have someone of the gravitas and capability of Alec Guinness. Um, I would have not personally have ever picked Eddie almost as you know as the as a great pick for Adama, but oh my God, he yeah. was yeah. just tremendous. Um, I think personally overshadows Green uh, at this point. I don't know who you get to play that. I have no idea, but then again, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been able to pick almost either. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to try and cast that. Um, I think it, I think another thing just to kind of tag on, just to kind of finish this up, because that's really all I've got. Um, I think bringing back some of the Egyptian motifs from the original and and kind of tying that piece into Earth's history, whereas Ron Moore decided to leave us in the very, 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 very distant past. Um, the beginning of the intro of the original Battlestar talked about, you know, the, that maybe these, you know, the, the 13th colony was the, um, or the, you know, earth was founded by these people from this, you know, uh, this other, uh, world and that they were, you know, the, the forerunners of the Egyptians, the Mayans, the Toltecs and Atlantis and all this stuff. And it's like, tie more into that go with that try and lean into that and and maybe that can be kind of interesting um but yeah ultimately it's very hard for me to do this because i have so much respect and love for the ron moore show that it's like i don't i i've said it before i'll say it one more time i don't want this show to get made um partially because i just don't i i can't see it not falling flat on its face maybe i'm wrong but i just don't see it anyways that's that's how i I would book it if it's a reboot I think the biggest thing I'm taking away from your idea that I, I like is is the first season build toward the cataclysm. Like instead of it being the first event, which you know is what the 2004 reimagining did. It 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 made the assault on on the 12 colonies the you know basically the the uh, catalyst to to get everything rolling. And 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 it happened in a very 
it was done very well. It, it, it was showing the disorientation of, of the fleet. It was showing how, um, you know, through Baltar's, you know, essentially his, his deception and, and his, uh, I don't know what to call it. Like it was really ignorance, you know, in, in some ways it was ignorance because he, dude, he got worked. He, he did. He absolutely did. He, he, he got worked. <laughs> He didn't realize when he gave the plans what he was really doing, and it enabled the Cylons to annihilate humanity because it, he basically gave them the keys to the kingdom, and they were able to just completely obliterate everything. Mm-hmm. To go in a different direction where it slowly builds toward this idea of you know the AI becoming sentient, and and essentially um, you know in enacting the annihilation as like the season finale, I think is actually kind of interesting. I think it, it gives you time to kind of develop the characters and kind of set the table for who they are. Um, you know, 2004 version did that, but it was all through flashbacks as they were, you know, as they were in the chase. And Mm -hmm. so we got to know, you know, Starbuck and Apollo's background and Adama's background with both of them. And so, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I like it. I, I think it's an interesting idea to, to take, you know, that first season to build toward it. And then, you know, basically from there, you know, uh, you know, have them on the journey, but you know, like, like wh- what are they journeying to at that point? And, and that's, that's, what's tricky because I thought what they did with the O four 4 series was, was, was just genius having it be a story that was based in in the far distant past and that they they were essentially the race that found you know that came to earth and you know essentially uh you know humanity is kind of like this idea of a human cylon you know hybrid basically mm. um was 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 really cool and this will lead to, to my thoughts on it being you know not a reboot but more of a continuation but no it's it's very interesting and and i i agree i think ai you know from from our culture and our society today i think looking you know trying to give an examination of ai and its benefits and its and its you know and also its dangers i think is 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 interesting to to kind of examine and and to put through this you know through a lens of of sci-fi that way so uh so yeah yeah i and and you know i also like baltar just being a full-on heel i mean just have him be the bad guy you know forget about him uh I, I mean, I, I love what they did with Baltar in Ron Moore's series. Like, I, oh, I no. thought it was... I think he was fantastic. I think it was a much more interesting character, but it's like, you got to do something different, and that's like... Yeah. That's that's your that's your hinge point. Like, if it's going to be different, it's got to be that character, right? I mean... Right. Well, I, I have some ideas on, on other characters in, in, in my continuation, which we can get into, but... All righty. Uh, but o- overall, yeah, no, I, 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 I like it. I think it's an interesting idea. Interesting Why, thank idea. you, sir. Well, thank you. Well, uh, let's hear your ideas on if it ain't a reboot, then what, uh, you know, then it's got to be a continuation. What are your thoughts? So, you know, kind of the headline for this is, you know, if it's going to be a continuation, there, there's a few themes that you can play off of. Mm-hmm. Probably the biggest theme is that the, the quote that is that is mentioned many, many, many times. This has all happened before. And this will all happen again. Mm-hmm. And so I, I view if it's a continuation of the series that it is a in essence, a closing of the loop. And what I mean by that is we will, we will start in, in the distant future, um, similar to how we started in the distant or how we ended in the distant past. We started the distant future. So it, it's a much more technologically developed earth, uh, than where we are. There isn't the concept of the 12 colonies. It's just earth is more 
um, you know, space involved uh, where they can do, you know, more travel than, than they could before. Um, you know, you brought up a great point of, well, why do they need battle stars? And, and I was thinking about that for the continuation. And I know you, you, you kind of poo-pooed the idea of, of introducing aliens. I actually kind of think it would be interesting and it's unexplored territory for Galactica mm. to have aliens as part of it. You know, like that, that to me would be, <coughs> excuse me, unexplored territory that they've never gone to before. Mm-hmm. And so the idea here, and, and I also, sorry, I got to get some water because <coughs> basically dying over here. That's all right. At least we have it on video this time. Oh, good Lord. Get them clicks. Get them clicks. Uh, this is Pellegrino, by the way. This is not just, uh, that, that's Pellegrino. This is the liquor. Even even in like the water, the man is bougie to a fault. <laughs> Can't just have like a Polar or a store brand seltzer. No, 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 no. Uh, I need to have my fancy imported fizzy water absolutely hey you gotta live gotta live the high life baby it's like it's like fizzy water with a touch of olive oil in it <coughs> good lord <laughs> hold You're on welcome. i need a lawson <laughs> Lozenge. i need a lawson that's my problem <laughs> one, one second please <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i believe this is the first ever incident of a lozenge break in a in 149 right. episodes oh there this we is go. A, a landmark episode ladies and gentlemen um, so is that a wheat? Is that a CBD uh, lozenge? Uh, no, it is traditional medicinals. Traditional medicinals. Organic throat coat. Oh yeah, sore I drink their tea, dude. Yeah. Oh, that tea has saved me from so many gigs. There you go. Oh yeah, nice. that like if you're gonna make so here's a here's a little hint out there for all you folks. If you're gonna make yourself, if you've got a if you've got a real raggedy cold, all right. Here's Uncle Todd's. Uh, uh, cure for you what you need to do is you get need to get a some of that throat coat tea Mm. and you make yourself a night you find the biggest mug that you can find all right you get a little bit of lemon juice toss that in probably i don't know like two good squirts uh, three or four if you're feeling saucy a little bit of honey then you pour in your then you pour in a good shot or well actually no like depending on how Tough of time you have having our sleeping. Half to a full shot of Wild Turkey 101. Oh, wow. Then you put your tea bag in, then your hot water. You stir all that up. Let it steep for a couple minutes. You drink that. That will that helps to co- helps to coat the throat, helps open things up a little bit. There you go. A little vitamin C, and hopefully that whiskey just knocks you right out because the sleep <laughs> is what you really need. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Make no mistake, the sleep is what you need. Amen. All right. Anyways, you are you so, lozenged up enough? I, I'm lozenged up now. Okay. So, so the closing of the loop. So I, I I'll jump to the end of this series. So the idea is that they go on the you know similar journey uh, as we've seen in the prior two Galactica series, except their journey ends when they get back to a organically restored Caprica. So the idea is they go from Earth. And they find their way, they travel and find their way back to Caprica, which is at this stage has kind of reinvigorated itself so that they can live there. And then from there, they, they, they can, you know, kind of start, you know, similar to how 2004 ended. It's, it's them kind of starting a new in a new area that is to, to them, this, this sort of new place. The other interesting thing is to get the name Galactica in there. 
is is to basically say because this is in the distant future on Earth, that one of the reasons the name appears is because over time artifacts were found. Again, because this was in the distant past when they arrived, even though all the ships burned up, they found remnants of whether it's you know the old jump ships or um, you know like like Adama had one of those ships where he was. Oh, the um, Raptors. The Raptors. Thank you. Um, that they were able to find something that gave them evidence of something called a Galactica that existed in the past. They they don't know what it is, but they find the name interesting, right? Which means that dude with the weird hair that's always talking about aliens will finally be <laughs> right, like four hundred years into the future. Yes, yeah, he was just way ahead of his time. Yes. Um, so, so that, that's how you get the Galactican name into it. And then, okay. you, you know, the idea is that, um, you know, s- similar to what you were saying that there's, there's the presence of AI. And so it, it, you know, mine is also kind of based off of the, or my idea is also based around AI going amiss that, that it is a, um, and, and in this case, rather than it being humans, it's basically, or, or humans as Cylons, it's really about kind of the machines. It's almost like Terminator-esque, right? It's not necessarily humans, but basically machines turning on humanity, mm-hmm. um, whether it be robots, whether it be ships. Like, like, like that's kind of the, the horrific nature of it all is it's things that, you know, humanity, like even for us today, like imagine your car or I mean, I, I've seen clips of the movie. Uh, what was it called? Le- Leave the World Behind? Yes, the Tesla. The bit, Teslas. Which... Like I saw that clip. And that's to me, kind of spooky. <laughs> that that that's kind of a great, you know, a, a great way for mm-hmm. automation gone wrong, right? That instead of it doing its intended purpose, it's doing its own thing, and you can't control it. Yeah, or someone it, else is doing their thing through it. Yeah, right, right. And so that's what ends up causing the cataclysm that forces a small remnant to leave Earth and make their way across the galaxy to somewhere else. Um, now the, is there is there a chase or is this purely like space exploration and we're we're getting like the the monster? No, it's of the it, week it's a chase. So so the AI, you know, the idea would be kind of like what we saw in like What If with Ultron, where the only answer is to eliminate all of life. You know, like that concept. So the AI is convinced mm-hmm. that the only way there will be peace is if all of humanity is is wiped out, and so it's it's pursuing them through whatever means it finds. Maybe it has its own battle stars that it commandeers. Um, and, and I think for Galactica to not get commandeered, it needs to be different than what we saw both in the originals in, in the O four series and what we just saw in Picard season three, where it's the old the ship isn't networked oh. like the other ships. Like 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 we got to okay. do something different there. You know what I mean? You, you started saying Picard season three. I'm like, oh, because Picard season well, three totally ripped Lozenge off again? BSG to two thousand four. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I mean, if I there mean, was ever a a blatant ripoff of of that show, that was it right there. Oh, oh no, oh yeah, the ship the ship isn't you know, in, er, it, but that's been done so many times. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, you go to Pacific Rim with the Jaeger yep. that's not digital, and you know, it's yeah, no, yeah. totally. But yeah, that was that was the that was blatant. Yes, <laughs> yes. that was like Ron Moore. I'm wondering is like. Should I contact my attorneys? Because this seems <laughs> this seems particularly egregious. Yeah. Like I'm guessing he actually did make a call. Like, is this actionable? <laughs> it feels like or, it ought to be. Or maybe they contacted him and said, "Hey, hey, hey, whoa, 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 player." 
We've got a case of scotch with your name on it. We got a little and, something, and something for you to, to smooth this over. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I can whoop your ass. <laughs> One of the greatest, like, wrestling gimmicks ever. I don't care what anyone says. God bless you, Charles, right? Like, <laughs> Just like the fact that the dude comes out and it's like he's ready to fight, but you know what? If he can win without, he's ready fighting, to wheel and deal. <laughs> Let's see what we can work out here. You know, I was like, that's such an interesting little twist. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, so so going back to the show, like maybe, yeah, please. <laughs> one of the things too that can come out of it is if AI can be conscious, you, you know, be sentient and have a consciousness, that maybe we mm-hmm. start to see AI that. You, you know, like maybe Galactica's deal is the AI doesn't want to go against humanity. Like, like there's actually ways that can kind of differentiate and separate itself from kind of the, the, the master, so to speak. So, so you have like a friendly AI. Kind of. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, part of this could also be as part of the antagonist, we could have a sect of humans. Dude, you know what would be great? Who are AI uh, sympathetic? Yes. Is there any way we can get Katie Sackoff to do the voice of the Galactica AI? <laughs> that would be cool. That would be just so awesome. I could totally see that. Just there's something about granted, I, I see Katie idea. Sackoff playing everything. Like I like I could see her cat I could cast her as the new Iron Man in a heartbeat and talk myself into it. But just something about I'm like, that would work. Yeah. That would work so well. That would. Well, and 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 what I have here for some of the characters too. Either that or second choice James Callis. Oh, you gotta yeah, that would be great. Just a bat spit insane AI. That would be that would be even better. An unhinged AI. Oh that would be phenomenal. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Like the silence attacking. Oh, I'm sorry. Um I was just pondering over here. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Anyways, um, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. No, no, it's Please all right. Continue. Um, you know, another part with the antagonist could be, you know, you you could have some humans that that are kind of assisting the AI, like like they they were unhappy with, you know, kind of society and humanity as a whole. They thought this was a way to kind of bring about change. It goes way beyond what they expected it to, but now they're all in at this point, so they're they're just in the bag, you know, helping this this evil basically machine kind of eliminate humanity overall um you know is 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 another thought because then you could also play with the idea that there could be characters that are sympathetic to to some of those reasons you know and and that's where i get Mm -hmm. into you know kind of the galactica crew um you know i look at like apollo and starbuck maybe you can have them be brothers as opposed to what they were in 2004 but maybe you have them as brothers who are at odds you know that like one is kind of sympathetic toward it maybe even you know there's a twist where he kind of assists what they're you know doing in terms of sabotaging but in the long run ends up being kind of a, a redemption story um the thing I that's interesting that. oh go, go ahead uh, I, I was just gonna quick just quickly i love the idea of of what you're doing with that the only thing i would have a problem with in the continuation is using the same names okay like i can go i can go with like galactica being yeah. a ship yeah the idea of like there being another Adama and mm. he just so happens to be the head of the ship and Starbuck and Apollo. Like, I think if you did different names, yeah, it's a little bit more believable. But anyways, I understand using the shorthand right now, but I just, yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah. No, that that that's fair. I mean, it, it can't be the same set of characters. You're you're hundred percent right. But the thing I was writing down, which is kind of interesting, I mean, there's different, there's similar archetypes. 
right, going right. to be there. Yeah. Like at first, like I was thinking, Adama this time could be more of a Picard kind of character, where he's kind of like you know cut off emotionally and a little distant from humans as a whole. But then yeah. I got to thinking, well, if, if we're trying to think just differently about the series, what if the Adama character name could be different? Yeah, is is female, and and has a different take on Adama as as or it has a different take on the Admiral character. You know, I think that'd be interesting. Katie Sackhoff as the Admiral. Eh? Oh, again, eh? I was already thinking that. I'm, I, I, you know what? Just cast them all as Katie Sackhoff. It'll be a one-woman <laughs> tour de force. There's clones. There's clones, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my gosh. Um, you they know, all I, have I, different I, hairstyles, and that's how you tell them apart. Like, I was struggling a little bit with the Thai character, how to differentiate their treatment of him, because it seems like. You know, un- unless you unless you reverse what Adama and Ty were from 2004, which is Adama or, or the Admiral is more of a rec- is more reckless. And you have the first officer who, who's the one who has his head on straight and, and is thinking clearly. But again, it, it gets a little bit like, OK, you're, you're kind of playing with archetypes and moving them around sort of thing. Which is f- fair. I mean, because ultimately all of those characters fit into you know, some type of box or, or they, if you look at it as a checklist, they, they, they check different boxes. So I think that's fair. And especially if you don't tie them to the same names, mm-hmm. you know, if it's just a whole new set of characters. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that works, you know, and I think, it, I think it would give it the best chance of succeeding, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Baltar, like, I mean, very similar to you. I think Baltar is, is kind of the main drive behind the AI and, and you know, is, yes. Unless. Unless. Baltar is the AI. No, we just go whole hog and we, we they, they back a dump truck up to every former cast oh, member of BSG God. that they can. No, no. And then they cast them in different roles. <laughs> so, so the chief is the admiral. Yes. <laughs> And Eddie almost is Baltar. <laughs> I mean, just go nuts. It's a million dollar idea. <laughs> just, people's heads would explode. Oh my gosh. But you know what? I would that's probably the one way I'd be like, I am committed to watching every single episode. Yep. I want to see how absolutely like insane like I want this to be like I just don't want this to be insane. I want it to be no holds bar. Yeah. You know, Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon in a pile of cocaine over a weekend <laughs> writing a script insane. That's the level of insanity I'm looking for. Good God. It's a very it's a very oh. narrow niche, but I think it could work. I really do. It could. It could. Um probably um, and, and then and then probably you know, another difference from what you were proposing from from what I'm thinking is that the humans that are running have to uh, have some assistance. Because, you know, at this time, you know, I, I haven't really thought through like it, like from a space travel perspective, are they traveling outside the solar system? Or are they traveling within the solar system? Right. I, I'm thinking this is where you can bring aliens in that maybe they befriend, you know, some races who, you know, kind of understand their plight and are willing to help them. Um, you could also bring back, you know, one other thread from the old series was, you know, at the end of the 04 series they let the tin can Cylons go. And so maybe you bring them back to basically, you know, honor the peace that they had with the original humans and kind of help guide them 
and that would make sense, right? They might know where Caprica is, right? Because how how are they going to find him? I mean, you like we all saw the journey the O four crew went through, and they went through some crazy places to get to where they got to. So maybe the tin can Cylons, maybe the aliens kind of help them in their journey back to, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, restored Caprica, which, which I thought would be kind of cool, you know? And so yeah. you, you have some tie-ins to the original series, but it isn't like a one for one, like retelling. And, and you, you have a very good point. Like you can't go with the same characters. It can't be Adama. It can't be Apollo. It can't be Starbuck. It, it's gotta be some variation of that stuff. You know, like, like maybe you have some of the, the, the tag names still, but it's not, like one for one, like Lee Adama, like, you know, Admiral Adama, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. And and you got to play with the relationships. Like you can't have the Admiral having a son and having this like daughter that isn't really his daughter and, and all that. Yeah. Like, like that's all like what made Oh four great, but, but mix it up a little bit. Like you can still have that in maybe a different variation where it's not like so derivative, but it's still, it still honors kind of the character driven approach that more took. Yeah. Um, but, but the biggest thing here is, Maybe trying to explore a little bit, you know, outside of the realm of what Galactic has done before, bringing maybe, you know, an alien race or two in, um, having the AI being this more kind of ruthless, unstoppable force, you know, like, like it's, it's just, you know, not, you know, it's, it's cold, it's, it's logical, it's, it's not human. And so therefore it's decision-making is much more ruthless than, than our own. Um, but have it be this thing that is relentlessly pursuing them, um, which I, you know, I think would be, you know, it's similar in some ways, but in other ways it would be a little different because, uh, you know, unlike the O four series, we saw over time that the main antagonist started to understand the human's plight and they all started to understand each other. This would be more a story of humanity kind of escaping the thing that they thought would make their lives easier and running from it and starting anew in a place where, you know, really was kind of the, the cradle of what started, you know, Earth's uh, run, you know, in and of itself from the 04 series. So so that's where I think you could do kind of, I mean, and this was just kind of off the cuff thinking if I thought about it a little bit more deeply, I might have some more interesting ideas. But, but uh, you know, I think the, the common thread between you and I is, I, I think AI is the thing to plug into. It's, it's what's at the top of everyone's mind right now. It's the thing that people are wondering, is it going to displace jobs? Is it going to, you know, really better our lives or is it going to make it worse? Mm-hmm. Um, is it going to cause some calamity that we, we can't foresee because they, you know, the, you know, machines become sentient or something like that, but it can also be something that's, I don't want to say it's like a, a melding of, of Galactica and Star Trek, but, but it, it could open the door for some more, you know, some storytelling that hasn't been done inside of that brand before. And, mm. and, and that could be interesting, you know, it could also go hor- horrifically wrong as well, but you know, oh, yeah, it's, totally. it's, it's something where, you, you know, you, you could introduce, um, you know, for the alien races, maybe there's an evil race, you know, that, that they got to work against or something like that. But, but at least, you know, you, you're, you're playing with some different pieces than you played with in the original series and, and it could at least facilitate a different story. Yeah, no, t- dude. And I think you're selling yourself a little short here because I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this over like the last couple of days. Uh, well, I mean, not a lot of time. I spent time thinking about it, you know, which is more than I usually do. Um, so, and, and really, I just the reason I couldn't come up with anything and that I kind of dead ended on this is because for me. And maybe I'm thinking a little bit too much into the production side, mm. because everything I came up with was you're if you have a guy like Esmail again, going back to where I was before, like this is a guy who obviously has quite a bit of clout right now. He has his own vision. He has his own way of doing things. 
why would you marry yourself to the the visual and storytelling language of of something else? Yeah, because you're you're hemmed in by that. Because the only way I thought that it could work is if you do, okay, it's a prequel. It takes place during the first Cylon War. Yep. You're you're untethered to all of the characters except for Ty and Adama. Mm-hmm. And Ty, you cannot even you don't even have to mention him because you don't know if he's serving on the same ship as Adama. Um, Adama, you know, he, he was on the Galactica, but do you really have to focus on him? Not necessarily. But eventually, you do have to meet up with if you're going to truly do it in the same in the same canon you have to meet up with that other story and it it can't look that much different so i was like i just don't see it working dude your your ideas to me took this in a totally other direction i hadn't even considered now i look at that i'm like that's a legit way of doing that Mm. i could totally see that so i mean don't sell that short at all like that honestly that was a that's a terrific idea. All right, keep an eye on your email. I'll send you the first script. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll have this thing written before S-Mail series even gets like into uh, production. Uh, are you kidding? <laughs> like they don't even ha- they have they don't even have an outline right now. There's nothing. There's there's Stugatz <sighs> as a as a my father-in-law used to say. Yes. Um, but no, that was I I think your idea is is really interesting Thank you. and Thank I would you. actually be willing to give that a try. Thank you. Well, there it is. Uh, there are our two ways of fantasy, fantasy booking. booking the new BSG reboot by Sam Esmail. Of course, as we have stated before, we'll be just fine if none of this ever happens. And uh, Uncle Todd was way too kind to me. I think it was the drugs I'm taking to kind of help with this cold. So, <laughs> so say we all. So say we all. <laughs> All right, sir. Well, what have you got for and another thing this episode? Uh, I alluded to it uh, kind of at the beginning, um, but uh, yeah, with, with our Week in Geek uh, item on Getty Lee, but I am in the throes of reading his book, uh, aptly titled My F in Life, E-F-F-I-N is how it's spelled. Um, it is a uh, memoir that he has put together of his life, uh, and it is so far very fascinating. Um, yeah, I was sharing with Uncle Todd the you know, beginning of the book, first two chapters are, are kind of, you know, the early part of his life up until uh, his father passed away when he was 11 or 12. Uh, he was kind of thrust into uh, a year of, of essentially mourning um, per, you know, kind of the, the, the Jewish uh, habits um, that, that, that they are rituals that, that they go through with him being the oldest child in his family. Um, and, uh, and, and then, you know, his, his third chapter goes into a lot of detail of, uh, what his, you know, basically what, what his ancestors, what his grandparents went through uh, during World War II and, and living in Poland and his mother and father, uh, you know, who, who were not married at the time. They, they actually met each other at a concentration camp. But he, he just really kind of outlined and laid out all, all the, the travails and, and, you know, tribulations that they went through during that time and m- miraculously over a six year span survived those those camps um and and made their way to toronto uh where uh, where where they were married and and or sorry they were married in in, in germany i believe but uh went to Pol- went to toronto to start start a life anew and and that's where where he and his and his uh, siblings had grown up so uh right now i'm at the point of where he's just getting into um uh basically the early version of rush is coming together and 
they're they're playing around like different places in Toronto. But it's it's just really a fascinating read of his journey, and and I'm excited to see what what else uh, comes down the pipe as far as you know his. his uh, you know, his story with, with Peart and with uh, Alex Lifeson and just their, their journey, uh, you know, for four decades as a band, um, you know, as well as what, what he went through, you know, with, with Peart's passing. Um, that's, that's something he, I, I went to the, uh, he was doing a book tour where he was, uh, it's kind of a speaking tour that he went on. And, and so he, he does touch on that, that topic and, uh, and, you know, and, and he gets emotional about it because they, they were really like a brotherhood. And, and that's, that's one thing that's always stood out to me, uh, you know, about, the the band rush is is you know more than them being a band as as you see with with other acts where it's more business than anything else the, these guys you could tell are are bonded are, are brothers are you know like-minded and and just cut from a very similar cloth and so it's just it's it's interesting to see and hear about the way they they operate and the way they operated as a band um you know both creatively and and and, and with their ideas um where we're just just very very supportive of of, of change of, of experimentation of, of differences and uh and, and it made you know it really made their discography very rich and very deep as we've covered in past episodes uh i will reference back to i think when we were in double digits for episodes we we i think it was episode 50 or 51 somewhere around there where we had uh our good friend brenda Moore on to oh, yeah. to talk about rush and uh Maybe we need to do a, a refresher on that at some point. But uh, my F in life by Getty Lee, uh, get it at a bookstore and and do check it out. It is it is a really really good read. That refresher episode would be a, a great episode for everyone who's tired of me yammering through episodes because that was probably the <laughs> quietest I've been in any episode. It was like I had a laryngitis. Just it was just you and Brendan Moore talking well, back and forth, and occasionally me asking a question and, like I I don't understand. And then and we had the like, Tower oh. of Power episode, and it was flipped on. It, it was flipped the other way, but but I, apparently Uncle Todd complimented me on my hosting abilities. I was very professional as the host. So uh, you did. You were you were you. A, a very a very good uh, now, conversational manager there. That was your friend uh, Jim Robbins, I believe, who was on. So yes, indeed. Yes, That's indeed. Right. That's right. And what is uh, your end another thing, sir? Um, so over the last, uh, like month or month and a half, I kind of like, uh, pseudo binge watched, uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters ah. on Apple TV. And, uh, what struck me, first of all, I would not, I would not say that this is like one of the greatest things I've ever watched on TV or one of the greatest streaming shows or anything like that. It's, it's, it's not in that category. It was a, it was a fun show. It, it was very, it was very interesting concepts. What intrigued me most, um, besides finally realizing, oh my gosh, I felt like a complete idiot. I can't remember if I was talking to you about this or not, but you remember how you know we were making fun of the the new Captain America, you know, the bionic chin. Yeah, yeah. No idea that was Kurt Russell's kid. <laughs> oh yeah, you did tell me about that. <laughs> no idea, no idea. And then I'm watching the show and I'm like, wow, he really looks like young Kurt Russell. Like it's uncanny. There's a and reason for that. <laughs> And I look it up and I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. It's called genetics. <laughs> yeah. Genes. Oh, my gosh. Very much on brand. You know, I, I don't blame you because the first time we see that Captain America in, in that series, the chin really throws you. You know what I mean? Like, like we're, we're, we're used to the standard. But when you see, but then you see him alongside Kurt Russell and all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh it fits. Okay. And you know what? I don't notice the chin so much. And ironically, Kurt Russell was Ego, the celestial god. 
I know it all. Never saw him back. and that guy side by side, unfortunately. So couldn't have made no. that connection. Um, Interesting. But anyway, so, so, uh, so what really kind of intrigued me was the fact that I felt like this show did a really good job of kind of spackling some of the holes between all of the Godzilla movies, which, you know, I've enjoyed most of them pretty much, and but they're uneven, and there's some spots that kind of go, eh, if you start thinking about it too much. I felt like the show actually did a really good job of filling in some of the blanks, of knitting some of the things together and smoothing out some of the wrinkles that were present. And I, as the more I went through the show, the more I was like, this is how Marvel needs to be using streaming. They don't need to be necessarily introducing new characters or, or, or a tremendous amount of new story or furthering other plot lines. Like they need to use this to fill in some of the cracks and smooth out some of the issues, like tell some stories with existing characters or find a way almost like an agents of shield thing back in the day. Um, which I believe they're still not necessarily recognizing agents of shield as Canon in terms of like the MCU now, because it was a really, well, yeah, because a lot of those older shows, they don't recognize. Um, huh. Even even though they've somewhat peripherally re- referenced them, yeah. you know, it's not officially recognized as like, yes, this is the way. Even though okay. they've intru- they brought back the guy who played Matt Murdock, Daredevil, from his Netflix or... Was it Netflix or some yeah, other show? Yeah, it was Netflix. Anyways, yeah. But they've... they've and, and, of course, Kingpin um, came from... Was that Punisher or was it uh, Jessica Jones? One of those, but they're they're kind of carrying over some of these, but they're not necessarily acknowledging like, oh yes, and those shows all definitely took place within here. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were to find some sort of mechanism like an Agents of Shield, although that would be a pretty damn good one, um, some sort of mechanism to work underneath all of these other things and to vaguely touch on some of the areas to then be like oh and this is how this took place and this is how this took place and focus a little bit more even though there was a a larger story with that season of monarch legends a legacy of monsters using that to kind of smooth out some of the issues that you had like this is something that would work well for Marvel if they focus their streaming shows on this instead of necessarily introducing new characters or, you know, trying to, you know, jumpstart a, a new story string or something like this would be a good way for them to fill in some holes and smooth out some of the some of the things that are uh, it's a little bumpy. Like yeah. you didn't quite stick the landing there. Maybe there's a way you can you can do that in, through a streaming show and make that work a little better you know um but otherwise i mean it was a fun show it was a fun watch i i enjoyed it i mean they they're ambitious man i'll give them that they were very ambitious there were times when the the streaming budget uh and movie budget differences showed um but overall they did a great job like the the monsters looked yeah. good um you know they it it, it kind of worked for me and i enjoyed it a lot so i'd recommend if if you're at all into any of the Godzilla movies, you know that sort of thing. Kind of, you get a kick out of it. I think you would enjoy this show. Nice. So just give it a give it a watch if you happen to have Apple TV. All right, I'll check that out. <clears throat> you should. 
you should. And one of these days, I'll finally get around to finishing the new season of For All Man. You better. I don't, I don't know why. I've just stalled it's out on phenomenal. that. Phenomenal. I'm horrible. You know what it is? It's the beard. It's the cheesy dollar store, party store beard that they've got. They've got Ed wearing. That's killing me. Ed's getting older. You got to deal with it. He's getting older, but you can get you can get a better beard. That looks like it was glued on. Like it was like a high school, like a a grade school play. He might look like Biff Tannen from 2000 and you know 15. Wishes he looked that good. It's all patchy. It looks like you can still see the Elmer's glue. Like it's horrible. Imagine what he's gonna look like. Uh, you know, if 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 uh, well, I I don't want to give anything away. Never mind. If they do a season five, I mean, I uh, maybe that'll help. He'll, you know, what he's gonna he's, he's gonna, gonna be Grandpa cane. Simpson at that point. You realize, he's like death is behind every corner. Death. Well, I'm surprised <laughs> he isn't doing that now. I'm only I'm only like four episodes in. I'm surprised he isn't like. Every time he opens a door, death. Ed, that's the, that's the food. That's the cafeteria. Oh, okay. Death. Yeah. That's a that's a particle of space junk. All right, we really need to get him away from the flight deck. <laughs> someone get a someone get a set of checkers. Oh, um, sweet Moses. <laughs> anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sticking with us through this. Uh, we like to thank all the members of the Free Range ADC congregation who have stuck through here. Uh, if you're not a member of the Free Range ADC congregation, if you're in fact just hearing about it for the first time, uh, we like to think of it as the nicer cult. Um, it's and, and basically, it is just a way of saying that I am a fan of these two idiots and I am proud of it. Or maybe you're just not as ashamed of it. Maybe you just have low standards. In which case, we're fine with all of those, really. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God for low standards. It's the only reason we still have a show. So thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. If you would like to truly become a member of the Free Range Ideas Congregation, we don't pass the collection plate. In fact, we go into the hole on this show every single year. It's a a tax dodge, quite honestly. Man, they call Um, Tim as the Kleenex box, though. Good Lord. (laughs) I'm surprised you don't. How many empty of those do you have there? Um, do, you, do you want me to so, throw up, all, like, like I pick them off the ground and throw up in the air all the Kleenex I have? No, please. Because <laughs> I, I don't want one to stick to the screen and slowly just ooze down. <laughs> be nasty. Uh, but anyways, back to what I was saying. Uh, if you'd like to become a part of the Free Range ADC congregation, all you got to do is subscribe. Uh, you can do that by going to freerangeadc.com. <sighs> And you can, uh, that'll take you to our Podbean page. You can subscribe right there. You can download individual episodes or you can subscribe to the Podbean app. Uh, if you say to yourself, you know what? I got enough damn apps in my life. I don't need another one. Go ahead and search for us on Apple Music. We are on Spotify. We are on Pandora. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on all the podcast channels. Just search for Free Range ADC. You're bound to found it. find us. Found us. Find us. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube, and actually, YouTube might be a good way to go because now you're going to be able to see us on YouTube. Ah, the handsome devils that we are. <laughs> actually, now that I think about it, that might be a reason why you want to find us on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. I, I might so- find some feedback in my inbox saying, can you please go back to audio only? <laughs> There's a reason why Uncle Corny doesn't do video. <laughs> There's a reason. Oh, he can do his man. show wearing whatever he wants. Oh. And, you know. Although, just a quick plug for Uncle Corny but, but before we wrap up. You got to go back and listen to the last, like, couple of weeks of episodes. That man is starting to, like, sing almost, like, every episode. And his poor oh, yeah. co-host is like, what the hell are you doing? 
Oh, Uncle Corny shouldn't sing. He shouldn't even sing in a car by himself. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's bad. It's bad. But anyways, uh, so be sure to subscribe. You can find us on the social medias. Also, we are on Facebook. We are on YouTube. We are on Instagram. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, any ideas for a show, or if you just got a question you'd like to ask the idiots on the show, send those to Tim at FreeRangeIdiocy.com. And we will get back to you forthwith, if not sooner. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for me to stop yakking. And it's time for me to hand this over to the less idiotic of the two idiots who run this show. But not before I ask the second most important question in all of human history. And as we know, the most important question is, what is hip? The second being, what in the hell did we learn this episode, sir? We have learned the following. We have learned that the man they call Tim has a whole different range to his voice when he has a head cold. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Barry White. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't get enough of your love. <laughs> Where's that disco orchestra when you need one? Uh, we, we have also learned uh, that uh, there is going to be a, a Fantasy Gridiron uh, retrospective over the next nine episodes that Uncle Todd uh, 100% supports. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. Uh, uh, we have learned that uh, Old Forester 115 proof is good for what ails you. And uh, the man they call Tim is expecting a clean bill of health tomorrow morning when he wakes up. Uh, we have also learned uh, that uh, Uncle Todd and the man they call Tim both agree that AI needs to be the primary antagonistic force in the uh, Battlestar Galactica reboot slash not reboot. One way or another, the machines are coming for us, batting down the hatches, ladies and gentlemen. We're all going down. <laughs> yeah, all you people out there who are using chat GPT, you're the, you're the ones who are going to do us in. Thanks. Beware of your toaster. It may jump off the counter and attack you. <laughs> no, that's, that's Ghostbusters 2. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. Oh, oh my gosh. But, uh, yeah... You know, we, we have also learned that if, uh, you know, Sam Esmail and his writers, uh, you know, drag their feet any further, the the, the gentlemen here at Free Range NDC are happy to, to get an outline, a script, something going so that we can get this thing flying with a total Katie Sackoff only cast uh, per Uncle Todd's wishes. So I could have built a Viper from scratch in my garage <laughs> in the time it's taken Sam Esmail to get to the <laughs> point where he's like, we've kind of got an outline. Like, really? Well, you are looking to get into woodworking, sir, so I do think, you know, a, a replica... I've got a fully bike. functional FTL drive in my, <laughs> in my basement right now. <laughs> what have you been doing? I'm using it on the spiders to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I want one of those guns like oh. they used in the miniseries where you like it, it was like the Blade Runner gun where it shot to the guy and you saw... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want one of those to take out the spiders. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we have also learned that the throat lozenge is the... Uh, uh, no, wait, are you saying throat. lozenge or lozenge? Lozenge. So now you're splitting the difference. You were saying lozenge. No, I said lozenge. Yes, right there, lozenge. Right, I said lozenge. Lozenge, I thought. Lozenge. Yeah. tomato, tomato. Nonetheless, it was the elixir for the man they called him Spacey Toes come back so he was gagging on his throat (laughs) (laughs) that and some Pellegrino which you know we've learned is the uh, water of choice 
as a bougie as it of is. Olive oil in there. That's what's really is. Oh, smooth. Well, with all that being said, uh, thank you again for the listenership, for bearing with us uh, over the course of this hour and a half, these 90 minutes of, of dulcet This tones. is a nice, tidy episode. I this feel like we ought to keep nice, going for it. This is a very nice, tidy episode. Just you stop it. You stop it. <laughs> okay, Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> Will you stop? Uh, nonetheless, uh, we thank you again for the uh, for the listenership, and as we like to wrap things up, uh, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We're closing the range up for the evening. Looks like I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Damn! <laughs> You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out and don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. That outro continues to get longer. I that was a tight outro. With, with a, a nice phrase you had on there. Like, adios, I'm just waiting for the next time. Adios. Waiting for you to be like, and remember, a stitch in time saves nine. That's right. It does. So just <laughs> loose lips sink ships. Just remember. I try to educate our listeners at the end of the show because they've had to deal with, you know, at the end, 89 minutes of idiocy up to that point. <laughs> They're brain dead at that point. It's doing them no good. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But they knew what they were in for. They did. Oh, did, did we have any uh, any cult of personality? Any L.A. night during this episode at all? None. Oh, None should, should we end on a high note then, or 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 just just not bother? Oh, good lord! Just not bother. Now get the hell out of here! <laughs>